Let's open our Bibles this morning, if you would, to the book of Romans. And we're going to look at Romans chapter 5 in a moment. We're doing a series, and we're titled this series, Abound. The word abound means to be copiously supplied, to have abundance in our lives. It means lavish, manifold, profuse, superabundant, and teeming. That's what God's grace is for you. There's abounding grace available to every person in this auditorium this morning. In Romans 5 and verse 17, it says, For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, of course that's speaking of Adam's transgression, much more they which receive abundance of condemnation, Abundance of guilt. No. Abundance of grace. Abundance of grace. A copious amount of grace. Abounding grace must be received by faith. Now what will happen to those who will actually open up their hearts and say, Yes, Lord, I receive your grace and of the gift of righteousness, they will reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. You can reign in life. Did you know that you can have complete and total victory over sin? You know, I love the verse of Scripture. Let's just look at it in Romans chapter 6 and verse 14. Just turn the page over in your Bible And notice this with me, the 6th chapter and the 14th verse. It says this, For sin shall not have, what? Now remember, we're reigning in life. That means sin does not reign over me, that we reign over sin. For sin shall not have dominion or authority over me, for I... Am not under the law, but I am under grace. Now here's a revelation. When you place your life under grace, that puts you over sin. When you live under grace, that puts you over disease. When you live under grace, that puts you over lack. When I live under grace, it puts me over Fear and mental torment. Now say this with me real strong. I am not under the legalistic law. But I am living my life under the grace of Almighty God. Here's what Joyce Meyer says about grace. God's grace is amazing. We're saved by grace. God's undeserved favor... And we live by grace, which is also God's power in our lives to do what we could never do in our own strength. The Greek word for grace is charis or charis or charis. We get our English word charisma from it. What is this grace? It is unearned. It is free. It is unmerited. And it is undeserved love. You see, grace is getting what we didn't deserve. And mercy 
is not getting what we did deserve. I think we could shout a while <coughs> about the mercy of God. You know, when Billy Graham was driving through a small southern town many years ago, he was stopped by a policeman and he was charged with speeding. That never happened to me. Not. And so he admitted his guilt and he was told by the officer that he would have to appear in court. That happened one time to Brenda and I. Uh, in Wisconsin, we were stopped by a Wisconsin State Patrol person. They said, if you don't have the money, you've got to go to court right now or go to jail. That was really something. Well, Billy Graham came up before the judge and he said, guilty or not guilty? And he pleaded guilty. And the judge replied, well, that'll be $10. It's going to be $1 for every mile you went over the limit. Suddenly, the judge recognized that it was Billy Graham. He says, you violated the law. The fine must be paid. But I'm going to pay it for you. He took a $10 bill out of his wallet and paid it and attached it to the ticket. And then he took him out for a steak dinner. <laughs> that, Billy Graham said, is how God treats repentant sinners. Oh, the mercy of God. And oh, the grace of God. You see, grace contains everything that God has promised and provided for you in this dispensation of grace. And so this morning, for a little while, we're going to look at this abounding grace as it pertains to us when we go through the crisis of life. My spiritual father, Dad Hagen, said, the crisis of life come to all of us. Has anybody ever experienced a crisis in their life? You know, it may be divorce. It may be the loss uh, of a loved one. It may be a test or a temptation or a trial you are facing right now. It could be bankruptcy. The crisis of life come to all of us. But God has said in his word that his abounding grace will enable us to stand and go through the valley of the shadow of death and make it through to the other side with a smile on our face and victory in our lips. Amen. Don't you get condemned because you're going through it. The bottom line is you're going through. You're not camping there in the valley of the shadow of death. You didn't buy the t-shirt and say, I'm a valley person. No, thank God. We're going through the valley of the shadow of death. And we're making it, come on somebody, to the other side. Now, God doesn't just release his power to get you into the kingdom. But his grace and his power is ever available to give you and me strength. On a daily basis. I stand behind this pulpit this morning because of the grace of God. And because of the mercy of God. You can do what you can do. You can be what you can be. You can go where God would have you to go because His grace is on your side. It is abounding toward your life. Now Paul said to Timothy a very important truth. I want you to look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 1. 2 Timothy, the second chapter, and the first verse. 
He says, you therefore, my son, be weakened by the grace. No. He said, be what? Strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, Jesus, the Bible says, was full of grace and truth. And then it goes on to say, and of his fullness have you and I received. So we ask ourselves, what was he full of? He was full of grace. He was full of truth. And if we have received of his fullness, that means that his grace and his truth is on the inside of us. Oh, hallelujah. Now notice this phrase again. Be strong in the grace that is in where? It's in Christ. Are you not in Christ? Is not Christ in you? He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Oh, hallelujah. And so his grace, his truth abides richly in the born again believer. And it says to us to be strong in this grace. The Amplified says this. So you, my son, be strong, constantly strengthened. And empowered in the grace that is to be found only in Christ Jesus. Now, I looked that word empowered, where he says, be empowered in the grace. And that word empowered is an interesting word. It means to give power, to give authority, or to authorize. And what this is saying to you and to me today is that God has empowered you and given you authority through His grace to stand strong and enables you to be victorious in life. There is an authorization. There is an empowerment by the abounding grace that He's made available to you so that you do not have to back down and back off. When the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. There is authority in Christ Jesus. It is the authority of the believer. And when you stand in the whole armor of God, you are authorized. Hallelujah. To withstand and to resist everything of the enemy that comes your way. Now let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. And notice with me in verse 13. Say with me, I have been empowered by the grace of God. Now in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. In other words, the things that we face, someone's already gone through it. Amen? But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able. Another way to say it is this. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above the ability that God's grace gives you in the midst of that situation. But will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Here's what I saw. This is so good. The temptation is not above. Your ability. The temptation is not above 
It is not greater than the ability that grace provides. Let me say it another way. The ability grace provides is greater and above any temptation. But you've got to access it. It can't just be a, you know, a statement. It's something that you have to take and receive and operate in faith by. Now notice with me, and we don't have it on the screen today, but let me tell you what the Amplified says. It says, he'll always be there to help you come through it. It says, God is faithful and he can be trusted. Not to let you be tempted and tried and assayed beyond your ability and strength of resistance and power to endure. Listen, friends, your strength and your resistance and power to endure comes through the grace of God. It comes by the grace of God. And so this grace that is abounding toward you, enabling you and me to stand strong, this grace enables us, now notice, to endure without yielding and will give us and cause us to overcome with joy. One translation says it will enable you to land to a place of safety. Hallelujah. How many of you like safety? Well, the grace of God will see you through turbulent times. You ever been up in a jet before and experienced turbulence? Turbulence is not something that really makes my day. When you're up there and you're traveling and all of a sudden the jet feels like... It makes me want to... Shandala Brenda says, that's the first time you prayed in tongues all day. That's right, and I'm not stopping either. But there's turbulent times. But oh, thank God, he's upholding. He's not like American Airlines or United Airlines. They do a good job, but he's upholding and propelling all things by the mighty word of his power. Hallelujah. And he'll bring you to a safe landing place for your life amen so make sure then that you are exercising your authority and you are resisting every temptation to quit every temptation to stop every temptation to moan and groan and complain we've all been there we've all had those days where we felt like throwing up our hands and saying that's enough i can't handle anymore I just can't do this anymore. Have you ever been there? But you know what? We still can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Come on. Now notice this verse in Romans 5, 2. We've been kind of skirting around it a little bit. Romans 5, verse 2 says this. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace. Now notice this next phrase. Wherein we do what? Wherein we stand... And so as we are standing in the grace of God, as we are going through difficult situations, the Bible says to count it all joy. How can I count it all joy? Because the Bible says you can. Count it all joy when you fall into different temptations, tests, and trials. And that is exactly what the rest of this verse is saying. It says, by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Now notice... And rejoice. Rejoice. Rejoice about what? 
Rejoice, it goes on to say, in hope. In hope. We're rejoicing in hope. What does that mean? That means we are rejoicing in hope, which is the expectation of something good happening and something good coming our way. So we don't give up our hope, but rather we stay in joy, we stay happy in God in expectation of what? In expectation of what? Help me, I'm I'm asking you. In expectation of the glory of God. What does that mean, the glory of God? That means God coming down in strength, God coming down in power, God coming down in presence, God coming down in might, hallelujah, into your nasty now and now, and changing the landscape of your life. So stand in that grace. It's abounding toward you. And stay happy in God. Even if you have to fake it till you make it. I got, them, that, I got that from Creflo Dollar. Sometimes, how many of you know you just got to fake it till you make it? Just start out in faith, rejoicing in the Lord your God, expecting God to move on your behalf. Amen. Now, Tony Cook was here on Wednesday night. Great, great teaching on leadership training and leadership development. It was awesome. Now, he's written a book called Grace, the DNA of God. Grace, the DNA of God. And in that book, he answers a lot of questions on the subject of grace. I highly recommend that you get the book. Because every book I sell, I get $5. No, I'm just kidding. That was the flesh. That wasn't God. But he talks about this abundance of grace. And he talks about the different kinds of grace. There's sharing grace and there's serving grace and there's saving grace and there's standing grace. And so what I want to talk to just for a few more moments this morning is this standing grace. Everyone say standing grace. There's grace for you to stand in. Whether or not you've ever stood in it or not, it's available for you. There's grace for you to stand in through a bad report from a doctor. There's grace for you to stand in when your son and your daughter is rebelling. Now he says, listen to this definition, standing grace. He says, standing grace is God's life and power... Released toward and working in an individual, strengthening that person, enabling him to stand victorious in life. He went on to say, this standing grace is the impartation of God's strength. And lastly, he says, this standing grace keeps you and I from being defeated. Down in my spirit, I can hear scriptures. Thanks be to God that gives us the victory. Now thanks be unto God which always causes us to triumph. Now the Apostle Paul was attacked by Satan. A messenger of Satan 
knocked on the door of his life and wanted to take him completely out because he was a carrier of some wonderful revelation. And this revelation was the in Christ truths, who we are, what we have, what Jesus is doing for us at the right hand of the Father. It is the Pauline revelation, and the enemy, quite frankly, didn't want it to get out. And so let's take a look at this for the balance of our time this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. And notice with me, beginning in verse 7. I've already set it up. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7, he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. Now, an in-depth study of the Word of God, you will discover that this thorn in the flesh was not physical disease. Contrary to most theological seminaries, contrary to most religious teaching, this thorn in the flesh was not pus running from Paul's eyes. This thorn in the flesh was people motivated by Satan and demonic forces themselves trying to stop Paul from getting this revelation out. Everywhere that Paul went, there was an uprising. Everywhere that Paul went, there was something that was either trying to hinder him or stop him. And lest you should think that this messenger of Satan was sent to Paul from God, let me remind you, God doesn't use satanic things to teach his children anything. I'm going to try this side over here. God does not use satanic things to try to teach his children anything. Every good gift, oh hallelujah, and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. He just don't change. I know that's not good English, but it works right here, right now. My God, don't change. My God is good all the time, and all the time, my God is good. Say it with me. God is good. All the time. And all the time, God is good. So just quickly, some things that he faced. He said, I was in deaths often. I was in prison frequently. He says, of the Jews, five times. I got whipped 40 times except for one. He says, I was beaten with rods. He says, once I was stoned. Remember that? He got up. He says, I suffered shipwreck. A night and a day I've been in the deep. And we whine about 880. We whine when the preacher gets a little long-winded. We cry when our cable goes out. A cable guy. Remember that one? Okay. In journeys, often in perils of waters, robbers, in perils by my own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren. Well, Paul must not have been in the will of God. No, he was smack dab in the will of God, and that's why the enemy was coming to stop him. 
And so you can be smack dab in the will of God and have all sorts of attacks. Just take heart, my folks. The grace of God abounds toward you in the midst of the fiery furnace. Hallelujah! He says, I've been weary, I've been in pain, and watchings off, and hunger, thirst, fastings off, and cold, and nakedness, beside those things which were, that are without the care that comes upon me because of the churches that I oversee. Now listen, just as the enemy wanted to stop Paul from getting the word out, that same enemy wants to stop you from getting the word in. And Mark chapter 4 will bear this out. And I'll quote it for you. But mark it down and pay attention to this parable, the sower. In Mark 4.14 it says, And these are they by the wayside where the word of God is sown. And when they have heard, Satan comes before next Sunday. No, he comes immediately to do what? To take away the word that has been sown in your heart. So what we must do is we must be aware of that. And we must know and understand once we start getting revelation, the test is going to come. But don't get upset at the test. Rest in the grace of God. And just know that it comes with the territory. And that God has given you ability beyond your natural ability to stand strong in Him. I love what Paul said to the church at Ephesus. He said, be strong in the Lord, the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord, in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God. Now notice, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand. So mark it down. The enemy's coming. Don't be surprised. You are not going to live in a life on this side of heaven of ripe cherries falling off of a tree. There's going to be some rough roads. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 8. Now here's what Paul's... uh, posture toward what he was facing was and this is the same posture of many christians and paul said for this thing i went to the lord three times that it might depart from me have you ever been in a in a situation where you say oh lord do this lord where are you lord help why did you cause this to happen in my life oh jesus that does you no good at all You might as well twiddle your thumbs and say, twinkle, twinkle, little star, how I wonder what you are. Because the answer that came to Paul is the answer that comes to you. And it's the answer that comes to me. Notice with me in verse 9. And Jesus said unto me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my strength is made perfect in your weakness. And Paul said, really? Your grace will help me to stand? The word sufficient here means my grace is ample, it is plenty. In other words, Jesus is saying, Paul, my grace is all you need. My grace is sufficient for you. It's ample. It's abounding toward you, Paul. 
Paul saw it. He got a revelation from Jesus himself. And here's what his answer was. He said, most gladly, therefore, I'm going to glory in my infirmities that the power of the Christ may rest upon me. Say this with me. What grace provides for me is sufficient. Now notice with me in verse 10. I want you to read this with me. And I ask you today, did you wear your shouting clothes in this place? Yeah. Notice verse 10. Here's Paul's attitude. Ready, read. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak... Now, the Amplified gives it a little bit more light. He says, For when I am weak in human strength, then am I truly strong, able, powerful in divine strength. Oh, hallelujah. You know, as I look across this auditorium, you know, having pastored here for 34 years, you know some things about some of the things that the people have been through. There's been this and there's been that. But you're here today, and you're still following Jesus, regardless of what's happened in your past, because you've tapped into the grace of God. And you have seen, and you have discovered that His grace is sufficient for you. I'm looking at a man who's been through chemo. I'm looking at others that have been through this and through that. But oh, thank God, through it all, Jesus Christ is Lord. Through it all. His grace is sufficient. His grace will find you at the gravesite. His grace will find you at the doctor's office. His grace will find you at the bank. His grace will find you day and night, night and day. His grace is abounding toward you and abounding toward me. It was 3 o'clock in the morning on a cold Tulsa night that we got a phone call that our youngest son had been in a, our oldest son had been in a major car accident. A major car accident. 1,500 miles away from home. We felt so helpless. But oh, the peace of God. And oh, the grace of God that came upon us at that Marriott that night. We just rested in the Lord knowing full well that God had spared his life. And even though we lost the car, we still had our son. Even though there were some things that were wrong. Jesus took it the wrong and turned it out to be all right. Oh, Jesus is Lord. He's Lord over your children. He's Lord over your grandkids. He's Lord over your mind. He's Lord over your body. I can remember one day when I had to take my youngest son to an emergency at Stanford because he was suicidal. This was the night before I had to preach my Christmas message. And I stay with Brenda in that emergency room all night long, just knowing full way full well, that if I'll just maintain my peace and maintain my joy, the grace of God will be sufficient for us in this situation. And though it was a long trial and a long test, I'm here to tell you that the grace of Almighty God was sufficient for my son James. And he's no longer suicidal. He's no longer depressed. He is serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords. 
It will take your heart and tear it apart if you let it. And that's where you've got to hold on to the grace of God. To see a loved one in pain, to see a loved one going through hell is hellish. But oh, thank God, there's heaven's grace for hellish earthly situations. Hallelujah. Oh, glory to God. Rick Warren said this. He says, what gives me the most hope every day is God's grace. Knowing that His grace is going to give me strength for whatever I face. Knowing that nothing is a surprise to God. Hallelujah! Martin Luther said, Faith is a living, daring confidence in God's grace. So sure and certain that a man could stake his life on it a thousand times. Mark it down. His grace will find you. His grace has got you covered. And so start your day out by saying, Thank God His grace is sufficient for me. It is well with my soul. It is well with my loved ones. Thank God the grace of God has seen me through. Oh, somebody shout amen. Here's what Paul was saying. For when I am weak in human strength, that I'm strong and able in divine strength. What is this grace? It's burden-removing, yoke-destroying power coming upon you in your midnight hour and manifesting itself and seeing you through. Hallelujah. And so in summation of this message, what did grace provide? What was this thorn? This thorn was Satan's ability against Paul, but grace was God's ability for Paul. Grace provides sufficiency, it provides strength, and it will provide the power of Jesus Christ resting upon you. My prayer right now for you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would find grace in abundance for your life. The grace to endure The power of God coming upon your life, strengthening you, helping you to maintain your joy in the midst of a test. Say with me, I'm counting it all joy today. Even when I find myself in a bad situation. I'm trusting God, even today, to turn things around. For the glory of God. God. Declare it strong. I'm expecting. I'm I'm hoping. To see the goodness of God. In the land of my life. Amen.